Imagine being handed a map to a pot of gold. The only problem is this map is a web of interconnected paths that seem to have no final destination. Frustrating, right? Then why do we allow our waste system to undergo this same treatment? You know, the World Bank estimates that waste generated in urban areas alone will total 3.4 billion tons per year by 2040. Despite this massive number, less than 20% of the waste will be properly recycled. This is partially due to the complexity of the modern waste system, with material being moved locally, nationally, and even internationally with no true structure or transparency. And with 61% of the world's population not having access to recycling infrastructure at all, the time is now to truly organize global waste management. Hello, I am your host, Mike Lake, and in today's preview, I will be talking with Mike Groves, the CEO of Topolytics, a solution creating waste maps to generate insights for waste producers, recyclers, and governments to enable better recovery, transportation, and transparency in the waste industry. Innovation. Resiliency. Discovery. Join Mike Lake, President and CEO of Leading Cities, as we explore the technologies shaping the possibilities of our future with a preview of tomorrow. Hello and welcome, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, once again, I want to thank all of our viewers and listeners for joining this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. I'm really thrilled to introduce you today to Mike Groves. He is the CEO of Topolytics, a data analytics solution that is making the world's waste visible, verifiable, and valuable. So, Michael, I am really curious. What, what passion is it that you have that brought you into the waste industry? Oh, thank you, Michael. That's a good question to start. So a passion for waste, that's uh, maybe a strange one. But, uh, well, I guess it goes back quite a long time. I mean, I, I uh, finished a PhD many, many years ago and somebody said to me, Michael, what would you like to do with your life? And I said, you know what, I'd quite like to work in and around environmental management. And we thought about it for a second and they said, Sonny, I think you should get yourself a proper job. So I've kind of been ignoring the advice ever since. And uh, I then ended up working uh, in Southeast Asia, in fact, on the very early days of the of sustainable forest management. So auditing mm. sustainable forestry all over Southeast Asia. So I spent my days in logging camps you know, in the middle of Borneo. And it was really exciting and amazing. But on the occasional day off and you're living in Indonesia and of course, there's some wonderful, beautiful beaches, you know, you'd go to the beach. But, you know, too often what I'd see is a sort of tide line of plastic and flip-flops and bottles and and that really I, I have the question well how did that material end up in this you know in this environment and obviously the tides brought it in but you know that really started me thinking and and then you know here I am a few years later and that's the kind of problem that we're trying to address well you know in in previous episodes of preview of tomorrow we've we've talked a lot about plastics in the ocean and and the fact that in the not too distant future some are predicting that we'll have more plastic in the ocean than fish um, i mean this this issue of waste and we're certainly generating plenty of it all of us are guilty um but what happens to it i mean it's so easy you, you toss it in the bin you know it gets picked up or you drop it off or whatever the, the system is where you live. And and we kind of 
you know, they, what they say, ignorance is bliss. You know, we, we live in that blissful thought that, okay, that problem is out of, out of the way, all solved. But the reality is more than 60% of waste is still sent to landfills and 61% of the world's population has no access to recycling infrastructure. I mean, this is creating economic loss, social problems, environmental dangers. It's a huge problem. Tell us a little bit more about just how big this problem is. Well, I think you, you've said it there, Michael. And, and obviously, if, to, if you think about all that material, you know, whether it be the sort of commercial and industrial waste or less sort of hazardous waste, all of the construction waste, all of this sort of waste that's from packaging, then from consumers and households, you know, still too much of that material is still going into landfills or waste dumps or as you reference with you know, some of the ocean plastic is leaking, leaking into the environment. And if you look at some of the World Bank numbers, they say, well, that really that amount of material is going to double over the next kind of 20 years or so as we industrialize and you know, economic growth and, and everything else. So, so we think you know, that's, a, that's a problem in itself. So you've got to deal with that material. And obviously we can design waste out of the system so we can design new types of products and new packaging and new types of materials and new sort of ways of sort of engaging with products and, and packaging. But we're still going to have to deal with that significant volume of material. Now, one of the reasons why a lot of that material is still going into, into landfills is that actually the data that's currently generated by, you know, the sort of commercial sector, by, you know, is accessed by governments and is available to us, is still quite varied. So in many places, there's no data, there's, there's often lots of poor data, even the good data, it's difficult to compare what's going on across different countries and different cities and different organizations. And that we think is creating, you know, is, is hampering our ability to create business models, to, 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 to find better ways of investing in that infrastructure so that we can have more and better kind of re recovery and recycling of that material. So, you know, like I said before, we, we do take all of this for granted. Uh, we don't think much about it, but there are those that have to think about it, whether it's cities or waste management companies or large corporations and, and all that they're dealing with. What What is the, the barrier maybe is the way to describe it um, that they face right now into better dealing with with all this waste. Um, well, if you think about uh, a sort of large organization, a large business, for example, a multinational corporation, whether it be a manufacturer or an infrastructure company or a retailer or a sort of some kind of service business through their through their business and operations, they're generating kind of byproducts and waste materials. And to your point earlier on, you know, traditionally, the model has been, well, we, we have these bins, we have these containers, we, we, we put the material in there and somebody else comes along and they take it away. So we have a contract with various contractors and companies and they remove the problem. So we, we put it in there and then it's taken away. They deal with it. And as long as we have a, you know, a sort of their license the, and, and we have a contract, you know, it's, its job is done. But increasingly, what we're seeing is those companies are starting to ask themselves, well, actually, what is happening to that material? Because increasingly, there is regu more regulations on a global basis that are really sort of forcing them to look at that. They're also thinking about, well, how far does that material move and what happens to it? Because actually, there's a supply chain there and there's a carbon emission around that as well. So that, you know, that feeds into their whole sort of climate goals and their sort of net zero goals. 
but also a lot of those larger organizations are having to do sustainability and ESG reporting. And increasingly, the, the CFOs of those companies are being held to account for what they say about, you know, sort of sustainability, whether it be environmental or social issues. And waste is clearly one of those kind of things that they're addressing within those reports. So there's a whole basket of kind of, if you like, pain points for those um, for those waste producers. Now, so that so that so they have a sort of clear incentive to really understand what's going on, understand what they're paying for, potentially you know drive resource efficiencies and cost efficiencies, improve their their transparency and reporting. Um, you know, so so that's a sort of clear driver for them. But the waste industry itself and the recyclers. You know, they're they're subject to the same pressures that every other industry is meeting at the moment around industry 4.0, around policies on circular economy and recycling. And so they're they're being kind of driven to, you know, kind of take a look at their business models, take a look at the way they operate, actually get smarter with the use of data and the way they collect data and, and everything else. So, so so they're incentivized to sort of really you know tackle some of those problems and 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 and, and actually change the way they're operating. And then, of course, you have related to that, you have city governments and, say, state governments who are perhaps have some responsibility for the collection and then the processing of that material. So they are a recycler in that way. But they also have responsibility for setting policies, for regulating as well. So so they, too, have a kind of similar challenge about actually we have set as a city, you know, these goals around circular economy, around kind of recycling rates and everything else. But the first thing we've got to do is really understand what's happening in our city. And that means understanding waste as an ecosystem. So thinking about, well, we create data through our own operations, but there's a whole series of waste materials flowing through the commercial system that we really need to understand. And, the, you know, the, so the way to think about waste is as a system of constantly moving materials that are constantly flowing through that system. And so that's essentially that is the approach that we're taking to actually trying to see it in that kind of system wide view. Well, so obviously we're now starting to talk about how topolytics can can really shape this. And um, I mean, what I guess the simple question is, how does it actually work? Yeah, well, of course, that's a really good question. So, so yeah, so our our product, our proposition is called Waste Map, and it's a it's an it's a it's a data analytics platform. And what we do is we pull data in from say our customers. So we will pull data from in on on waste and waste that's generated on their sites, waste that's moved off their sites. So that data could be coming from their waste contractors. It could be coming from their own operations. But we also have data on on sort of waste infrastructure and, and other contextual data. So we put all of that data together in our in our platform. And what we can do at the, at the back end is we can kind of we can clean it. We can kind of try and standardize it. And then what once we've done that, we can actually start to analyze it and start to say, well, actually, this is what's happening to that material. This is how much material of this type that you are generating across all of these sites. And this is where it's going. This is how far it's moving. This is the impact of that. And these are the ways that you could potentially think about reducing that impact or recovering more of that, that material. So effectively, they sign up to a subscription to WasteMap, and that gives them a sort of live ongoing view of this material, because this material is always being generated, it's always mm -hmm. being collected, it's always being moved. So every day is different, and it, it, because the, you know the the way the waste sort of supply chain works is that 
that material will go through a whole series of sites, a whole series of transformations before something happens to it. So being able to really get a better view of what that looks like is really important for them if they're going to think about, well, actually, does it have to look like that? Could it be different? And so that's the starting point, really. And that's what we give them on an ongoing basis. And we've heard it said so many times that uh... Uh, data or information, even better, is the new oil, right? It's it's the new most valuable commodity that there is. And so, if I'm understanding correctly, you're you're basically uh, sourcing that data and turning it into valuable information that can be used to make better business decisions, better systemic decisions, um, with outcomes that affect all of us. Absolutely right. I mean, obviously, the data on its own. It's just data, you know, it's kind of just numbers and, and, and codes and, and, and everything else. But clearly what we do with that data is we actually interrogate that data, clean that data. So we understand the quality of that data because we understand where it's how it's being generated, where it's coming from, you know, because because there are always quality issues with with, with any kind of data. So, so so that's the fundamental principle behind what we do is we understand that 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 quality. What we can then do is we can then generate, as you say, the actionable insights that ultimately our customers are paying for. You know, they're not paying for us to sort of be able to sort of, you know, sort of crunch crunch those numbers per se. But what they want to know is, OK, once you've done that, actually, can you tell us to a defined degree of confidence, you know, what is that happening to that material? Where does that material go and what can we potentially do with that material? So, so absolutely, we're an insights business, but we're a data driven insights business. So it's fair to say that anybody, frankly, who's producing um, or dealing with, maybe not even just producing, dealing with large quantities of waste has has a value to extract from this data that you can provide. That's Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's when we say we're making the world's waste visible, verifiable and valuable. The value is obviously in the there's a monetary value in terms of what you can recover from that material. But there's also value to all of those players in that in that chain. So the, the companies and organizations that produce the waste, the cities that are sort of managing that material and also doing something to that material, the recycle, the private recyclers, and then obviously policymakers and regulators who are setting policy around circular economy, setting policy around sort of climate change. Because if you think about, you know, sort of carbon emissions on a global basis, a significant proportion of those carbon emissions are the result of the production, the consumption of the use of goods and materials. So we can't divorce waste and materials from, you know, sort of from carbon emissions. So the last question I ask every guest, uh, and it's one of my favorites because it talks about the impact. And ultimately, that's what this is all about, is generating an impact. So looking 10, 20, 50 years into the future, what what does it mean when all of the customers you've just outlined are now using um, Topolytics and, and, and extracting that value from the data? Uh, what does it mean for... Uh, the average person, for a community, for the world at large? Well, I, I th- so fundamentally, it comes back to resource use and how we effectively use those resources, not only as in a commercial context, but obviously in a in a domestic context as well. So, you know, we're, you know, we're currently sort of extracting 
many more resources than potentially that you know that than we really should be doing so what we're helping to do is actually make that use of materials a much more sort of efficient way but anyway and part of that is actually stopping over overuse of sort of landfilling and waste dumps so we're actually bringing some of that material back into into production and helping those companies to kind of use those materials in production in a much more efficient way so that not only saves in terms of the globally the use of materials which is i think a benefit to all of us it sure. reduces the social and the environmental impact of the disposal of that material but it also also reduces the carbon impact and again that ultimately is going to be a benefit to 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 everybody well michael listen this has been enlightening for me because I am one of those people who, uh, you know, don't spend a lot of time thinking about what happens to my trash once I put it out. Um, but uh, you've certainly highlighted the the impact that it can have to better manage this and, and make use of, of uh, the information that you're providing. So I want to thank you for that because the impact it has globally is is incredible. But I want to thank you also for taking the time to join us today on uh, this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. Listeners like you are essential to advancing our efforts to drive resiliency and sustainability for all. I ask that you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever streaming platform you prefer. Your feedback helps us to grow and share these brief previews of what life in the future can be. In addition to thanking our guests today, I want to thank Peter Roy and Demetria Bridges for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and encourage others to also join us each week in previewing the possibilities of tomorrow. Preview of Tomorrow is brought to you by Leading Cities, a global nonprofit driving resilience and sustainability for all by unleashing the potential of the world's cities. Join them at leadingcities.org.